What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jordan Kurtz with the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'd just like to take a quick minute before we dive into the thick of things with our guest to say something about a product that has helped change my life for the better. I want to throw a huge shout out to the Turp House for the best in CBD oils that are out there. Make sure you go to www.theturphouse.com for all of the information that you need in relation to dosage, timing, how it could benefit your life in general. Make sure you go to that website, www.theturphouse.com for all of that information. And also you can check into the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast episode with the Turp House CEO, Brandon Lambert. He gives you all of the information that you could possibly want on that side of things. So make sure that you check them out. They're going to give you some of the best that nature can offer you for anti-inflammatory properties, reducing the pain. It's going to help if you have gastrointestinal issues like nausea and things of that nature. It is absolutely phenomenal. I've been taking it for the last couple of months on a daily basis. All of the high impact and stuff along those lines that would have an increased inflammatory effect between training and just general life has been significantly reduced. It's been a great thing for me. So make sure that you guys go to www.theturphouse.com and check them out. Comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm here joined by my man, Chris Vereen. Chris, how you doing today, brother? Man, I'm blessed. How's your day, man? How's your day? It's doing well, man. You know, it's a, it was a hot day out here in Colorado, but it was a beautiful day. How about out there in Oklahoma? Man, it's, it's beautiful, but it's very hot, man. The sun is beating down on us out here, so uh, yeah, it's hot out here, man. I can't, I can't explain it. It's really hot. How's that humidity doing? Oh man, Ooh, you gotta <laughs> gotta be on another level to to take the humidity, man. I usually run out outside, you know, get my my run in three days a week out here, and whew, I'm born and raised out here, but dang, it still gets to me, man. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. You know, I'll be out there this weekend for uh, for your teammate Daniel Scary Carey's fight out there at, uh, at the Windstar Casino. So, you know, yeah. got to make sure that I'm bracing myself for that humidity. Oh, yeah. Brace yourself for the humidity and brace yourself for an amazing show about to happen, man. Uh, Daniel's my main trainer partner, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, he's put in so much work for this camp, and... Uh, July 13th is going to be some scary stuff, I promise. What a better night, though, for, you know, I mean, if your nickname is Scary and you're fighting on Friday the 13th, if you believe in signs, people, that is a fucking sign right there. Daniel Scary Carey's about to put in work. Oh, yeah, it's going to be his night for sure, man. He's coming coming with everything he got. Absolutely, man. So, uh, So where can people follow you online, Chris? Man, uh... My Facebook is under Chris Vereen, K-R-I-S-V-E-R-E-E-N. And on my Instagram is KVZO, K-V-Z-O. Uh, I currently don't have a Twitter right now. I got rid of that some time ago. But uh, my Facebook and Instagram, uh, I stay on there pretty much. I really upload all my fights, keep all my fight news coming. So, uh, yeah, everybody follow me on Facebook. Once again, it's Chris Vereen. And my Instagram, KVZO. Hell yeah, so make sure you're everybody out there, check him out at KVZO. That's my man Chris Farine out of Conquer BJJ down there in Ada, Oklahoma, underneath my man Cortez Coleman too as well.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big shout-out to my sponsors, man. As you see, I'm rocking them. Turp House, man. Best CBD right here. Absolutely. Turp House. Got to hey. show the love right there. Yep. Absolutely, man. JMT. Uh, just make Tom, Jason Thomas. Um, Dan Sweeney, uh, Realtors, as well as Jag, man. Great oil company. Shout out. Big shout out to them guys. They take care of me, man. And uh, what a blessing it is to have them on my team, on my side, and uh, take care of me every fight. That's awesome, man. You know, speaking of taking care of you for fights and whatnot, you just came off of a pretty big win. Why don't you tell yes, us a little sir. bit about that? Uh, before this fight, uh, I went to a I went three a three round war uh, March twenty fourth. It was a controversial fight. Um, I felt like I won, uh, but you know, got left to the judges. Uh, nobody's fault but mine, and uh, I ended up losing. A very close fight, fighting the night for sure. Uh, so this fight, June eighth. When we got it, uh, I'm very humble, but in the back of my mind, you know, I knew it was going to be a war against a tough opponent, and I told myself, man, I, I can't leave it to the refs again. So uh, we turned it up. We turned it up a lot, this training camp for that past fight, and I went all out, and uh, I put it all on the line, and I came around, second round with a TKO, 15 seconds into the second round. It was awesome, man. I definitely, you know, I, I enjoyed watching it with the post that you had online, and it, it was cool just hearing your entire camp right there through, uh, through. I think it was Daniel that was filming it, wasn't it? Uh, it was actually my other teammate, uh, Tommy Schultz, I believe. Okay. Tommy Schultz was uh, filming it. I had Cortez, my head cornerman, giving me instructions as well. I had Daniel right there. I can, I'm pretty good at hearing both of my corner guys. For some odd reason, it's kind of weird. I can hear Cortez, I do what he say, but then I can also hear Daniel. So I'm like doing two things at once, and everybody's like, "What is he doing?" But I hear both of them at the same time, so it's it's, it's a good thing, I guess. That is good, you know. Especially if you're gonna hear anybody, hear your corner, right? Yes, exactly. I don't pay attention. We all get wrapped up in the other corner. Some fighters, uh, they get in, they listen to the other corner, and uh, Cortez is big in us. Like you know, he's always oh, so don't listen to the other corner. And uh, I trained with Matt Hughes. He told us never listen to the other corner because eventually you're going to go against somebody and you don't understand what they're saying because they're speaking a different language. So then it's just like, you know, it's a it's a lost situation, you know? Right. Yep, absolutely. You know, hey, man, Matt Hughes, that's one of my all-time favorites right there. Yes, What's it yes. like training with guys like that? You know, and especially, you know, like, sh- you know, shout out to Cortez, a guy that's as well-traveled and just well-versed as he is. Uh. I'm not going to lie, when I first met him, I was starstruck. I was kind of like, this is Matt Hughes. This is one of the best UFC guys, UFC fighters ever. And uh, But I had to be tough. you know. I stuck my, my chest out, my chin up, and I was ready to learn. He showed me some great stuff. He showed everybody some great stuff. And uh, <laughs> I remember grappling in front of him, and you know, I was kind of a fanboy, so I tried to, the guy was grappling, I tried to give him my all, you know, just to kind of let Matt Hughes see me, you know, hopefully he liked what he saw, but uh, it, it was great, man, I learned a lot from the guy, and uh, he's just so, such a nice guy, man, you know, real funny, uh, real outgoing, but uh, he, he taught us a lot, man, and, and I, I can't wait for that day again, I get to train with him again. That Man, that had to have just been an incredible opportunity, so, you know, rolling with a dude like that, is it like trying to move a steel pole? It's like... A steel pole, a steel pole, and a, like a boulder mixed together. <laughs> I can imagine. Like his, his grip is phenomenal. As soon as you grab it, it was just like, 
your whole body just doesn't move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I could only imagine. I mean, that, that dude was just grappling beast for just oh, yeah, definitely. so yeah. many years out of that out of that camp. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it was, oh, man. It was just a life-changing experience, for sure. That's awesome, man. So, you know, there was a, there's a little bit of a controversy, wasn't there? You know, a little bit of drama with uh, with your last fight with, like, the ticketing situation or something along those lines. Wasn't there something in that mix? Uh, I'm not too sure about really what happened. All I know is I woke up fight morning, and I kind of looked on my Facebook, and I seen some drama, and I kind of didn't want to get involved because I was just trying to clear my mind, you know, keep... Stay you know, focused. Straight on the positive tip, and... So when I seen that, I was just kind of like, I'm going to turn my phone off, uh, you know. And uh, But it all got figured out. Aaron, it was it was no issues with, you know, an hour after that. Uh, both of the guys that had the issue, you know, I guess they came to an agreement. And it worked out just fine. So I, I was really I was really happy about that. That's good, man. You definitely got to make sure that everybody stays happy. Everybody's trying to make their money, you know. Exactly. And when it comes to ticket sales and money, I can understand where, you know, tempers get raised a little bit and questions get asked. So I understand, you know, yep. for the most part, try to stay out of that, especially on fight day. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you got bigger things to worry about at that point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, uh, as far as this last weekend, Chris, this was a huge weekend for the UFC, obviously. Yes, yes, big weekend, big weekend, super fight. Yeah, you know, tell me what tell me what you think about this. You know, for those that are out there listening, if you're not aware or if you're just picking up on the timeline, UFC 220 at 226 just happened this last weekend out there in Vegas. Stipe Biocic against Daniel Cormier, Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou, Mike Perry, Paul Felder, Gokan Saki, a lot of different guys, Khalil Roundtree, you know, guys out there. What did you think about it? Uh, I feel like it was a good card. Um, the Ngannou fight, I was kind of <laughs> a little disappointed in that one. Uh, Dude, that was arguably the fucking worst heavyweight fight that I've ever seen. Like, there, the only one that's close to that bad that I can remember in my time, and it wasn't a UFC fight, but it was uh, Kimbo and Dada. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's in the it's in the same ballpark, man. That was um, bad. I feel like you know the Nugano fight. They both knew they were heavy hitters, and they were kind of scared to take a hit from each other a little bit, probably. But wow, um, that should have been maybe a prelim fight or a fight night fight. <laughs> Seriously, based on that. Well, and then in all of all things, Nugano tried to shoot a double. Yeah, not his game. Yeah, that was a very, very poor attempt. Yeah, yeah, piss poor man. I, it, I got, I got students that shoot better double legs than that. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I do. Well, I mean, it that that like he looks like a man that was broken, and you know, I know that he put out a statement today on his social media saying that he carried over that fear that was you know or that uh, that crutch from the Stipe fight to this one, but. That's that's a man that I mean shit. He needs to see like a sports psychologist or something like that to come back from it. Right? Uh, yeah, he, he's got a lot of making up to do. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, he just he looked psychologically broken. You know, like oh, he yeah. he just had he that 
killer that was there all the way up until that point that was just knocking motherfuckers out into orbit was not there. No, not at all. Not at all. And, uh, like, that's why it was disappointed. So it was... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I, I think that Daniel Cormier fight uh, made up for that for sure. For sure. That made up for it until Brock Lesnar walked in, so... <laughs> Uh, oh, what a joke. I don't know what the WWE and UFC, what kind of deal they got worked out, but I think they need to knock it off. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, man. Let's let's be for real here. Brock hasn't won. Like, so scratch the Mark Hunt fight because he was roided out of his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. So aside from that, he hasn't won in eight years. Yeah, and then, you know, he comes back for a title shot. Uh, let's bring John Bones back before we bring this guy back. Absolutely. And yeah. so tell me how you interpret this as a message from an organization if you as an organization say, we want to clean up our sport. So we are going to go out and bring in an organization like USADA to clean up the sport. They bust this re- repeat offender at this point, this dude who is just time after time been on something. And then your response to that after they did their job and they busted him and suspended him, hit, hit him with sanctions, is you give him a title shot? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just don't think that's fair at all, man. Uh, there's, I think there's a thousand other heavyweights out there, man, that, that deserve that title shot rather than this guy, man. And, and I, that's why, you know, it kind of sucks because there's a bunch of guys out there that deserve to be in the UFC that aren't getting their chance because I guess publicity maybe or, you know, I'm not too sure. Just like the whole uh, CM Punk, you know, you got guys out there actually busting their ass and this guy gets a pro debut and the UFC gets two fights in the UFC. How's that fair to the guys that's out there putting in work? It's not, man. You know, they're they're trying to make back that $4 billion, uh, that $4 billion price tag and... It's just, it's, I feel like it's seriously tarnishing the integrity of the sport to true fans, the way that the UFC is going through some of this. Exactly. I you know, agree. I mean, how, how do you disrespect Stipe so much in that situation? Like, you know, Stipe is the greatest heavyweight champion that you as an organization have had in the 25 years that you've existed, yet you let... That be this play, you know, that was treated toward him after he lost the other night. And then, two, you don't give him the honor of a rematch when he's had more successful title defenses than any other heavyweight out there. Let's just call it for what it is. He got caught. He was, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, I felt that he was winning the round up to that point. Oh, DC yeah, just yeah, timed him out. Yeah, yeah, no, he, I felt like he was winning and just, you know, DC is, uh, his, IQ, his fighter IQ is very, very high. I mean, that's why he's it a commentator. He, kind of, he does all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I think he called it before the fight. You know, he knew that there are certain situations that Stipe leaves his chin up. Yep. And that, that's one of the situations he called. Uh, but I agree. I thought Stipe was winning the fight until then, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, I mean, it's MMA. It happens sometimes like that, you know. Do you feel that the eye poke was any sort of a difference within that moment? Uh, I feel like eye pokes, yeah, I feel like eye pokes do, uh, make a difference, uh, because it was to that eye, correct? It was to, I was just, I believe so. Yeah. I think, yeah, 
uh, I feel like they do make a difference. I mean, I've seen it, uh, you know, I've seen it with my own eyes that when, when Cortez Coleman, my coach, fought Rafael Lovato Jr., uh, <laughs> two rounds, two rounds, nothing, you know, then an odd poke happens. And, well, we all know how that ended, you know. So odd pokes do make a difference, you know. You're fighting good fighters with one eye, and at a high level like that, you know, it's going to make a big difference, I promise. Yep. It's kind of crazy, you know. He always wants to talk all the, uh, you know, all the shit to bones and everything in that way. But he was pulling the bones move. Oh yeah, definitely. you know, straight out, fingers extended. Oh know. yeah, yeah. That's. I feel like that's a rule that should be, you know, uh, taken away is fingers extended for that reason right there. I think stuff like that, you know, it, you they need to start making harsher penalties for something along those lines. I, like I, that I, has to matter. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does, because, uh, like I said, situations like that happen, you poke an eye and boom, you get hit, or, like I said, at a high level like that, it's hard to fight somebody of Daniel Cormier's caliber with one of the right. Absolutely, you know, and I mean, someone, I, I, I thought that it was it was going to be a tough fight one way or the other, I didn't think that it was going to go a first round knockout, but, you know, I mean, people, I think, really did kind of underestimate DC, though, too, in the sense that, People have forgotten how good DC was at heavyweight just because it's been, what, five-plus years? Yes, correct, yes, sir. But, you know, I mean, I could be corrected at this point, but I think that, you know, he, he's lost maybe only a handful of rounds, only a couple of rounds ever at heavyweight before he made the transition to light heavyweight. Exactly, yeah, so... But that's learning conversation for only people that actually watch the sport. They break that down, you know, and... They realize that, so. Right, well, and I mean, and he has such a good wrestling base, you know, a two-time oh Olympian. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's one thing uh, you got to worry about with DC. It's his wrestling, and if you kind of plan for his wrestling, then that's when, you know, when the striking comes in. Mm -hmm. So it's good for to be versus on like that, I feel like. Definitely, you know, and like I say, I mean, you know, with his wrestling being so good, he can dictate where the action takes place. Yes, sir. And so, you know, Stipe is a big man, but yeah. Stipe yeah, is not as more. big as, like, Josh, you know, I'm pretty sure Josh Thompson's bigger. If, I mean, if not, they're very close. Josh Thompson oh, is a yeah. very, very big man, and DC threw him like he was nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just high level wrestling right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No it gets no better. Yeah, no better yeah, you know, so... I wouldn't be surprised, though, you know, with this whole Brock ordeal that if we don't see a Daniel Cormier appearance at, like, a WrestleMania or something like this at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd be... They got Ronda Rousey. They can keep her. Don't take nobody else. Well, I feel like, you know, DC, especially with this kind of being his uh, his swan song tour the last year of his fights that he's called so far, you know, mm -hmm. he uh, he gave him the timeline, I believe his birthday is in February, that that's when he wants to retire. WrestleMania mm -hmm. is in March. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't... I can, I can see that happening. I can see it prepping up. You know, like I say, this is just kind of the business way of thinking how this might be kind of, you know, going. Because Brock, ha you know, he has to be in the, the testing pool for what is it? Is it four months or is it six months for USADA? Do you know? I, I believe I believe it was six months. And he just re-entered the pool. So, you know, if he takes another fight, he said he was possibly alluding to a Gustafson fight at 205 in the meantime. 
And yes. then, so that would put Brock probably at, you know, that February point somewhere in there. Correct. Then you get the, uh, you get the WrestleMania match the next month, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's crazy. It all adds up. It all adds up. You think about it. Yeah, that's nuts. Man. It just kind of, you know, if you start seeing how, like, that's, they, the UFC clearly wanted DC to win. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, for that reason right there, you know, for, you know, Brock to walk in the cage, the whole little push. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> and let's call it for what it is. DC is polarizing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's grown yeah. on me a lot. I used to absolutely hate DC. Uh, I've actually always been a fan of him, man. I really like his, I really always liked his wrestling and uh, just watching him and John Bones. You know, that's why I hated him. It's because I've always been a huge John Jones fan. So I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this guy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like that's a, a bunch of John Jones fans. Yeah, that's, that's how they felt. They didn't like DC for the longest time. That was such a big rivalry, you know? Right. So. But, you know, for me personally, man, it's been more and more a thing of it's it's hard to hate on DC because he's done everything the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's never had any sort of performance-enhancing drug test that he's failed, anything along those lines. He's been a true professional and a consummate champion in that respect, works his ass off, He's only lost to John Jones. So exactly, it, yes. It's and he's and he's almost forty while he's doing it. So yeah. it's hard to say it's hard to say that he's not one of the all time best to ever do it. Yeah, he's I I put him up there for sure. Uh yeah, you know, like I say, I didn't give him credit for a long time, but this last week, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, I mean that man at the age he's at like you said, doing what you're doing, give him nothing but respect. You have to. Yep, definitely. What did you think about uh, Chiesa? You know, he he was a very uh, very loud mouthed coming up into this fight about uh-huh. a lot of different things, and then he didn't look so good. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's one of them things, man. Keep your mouth closed, man. Uh, a lot of guys get caught up in the talking. Uh, I guess that, you know, I've been told that sells tickets, man. Uh, you got to talk a little crap, blah, blah, blah. It sells tickets. It sells tickets, but it doesn't feel so good when you lose, you know. So, uh, and that's one thing about me is, you know, people are, oh, you're so nice. Or how are you a fighter? You know, you're 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 so respectful. It's like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk a lot of crap when I know i got to fight this guy, you know. So, what's the reason to talk crap when you're being locked in a cage with, you know, the man that's talking crap? So, but... Yeah, he definitely got handled, so. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, a few different mindsets or, you know, a couple in that respect for, you know, it seems like you take the very true martial artist mm-hmm. approach to it. You know, the the respect, the self-respect, respect for opponent, respect for the competition sort of aspect. Am I right by that? Yeah, no, uh, you are, yeah, for sure. Uh, 100% I agree with that. True martial artists is always always respectful, no egos, no egos. So I agree with you one hundred percent. So where, where does that come from? How long have you been training for? I guess I should ask. Um, technically, I'm going on two and a half. Uh, yeah, two and a half years strong, man. I never thought I'd be going this long. Honestly, it's it's crazy. 
if somebody would have told me that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have looked at him and laughed. Uh, football my whole life, man. Uh, it's all I've ever known. It's football, football, football. And uh, I met a guy that I worked with, and uh, he, he got mixed up. He's mixed up with some judo. Uh, he was a Muay Thai fighter, and Tom wasn't doing any Muay Thai, so he transitioned to judo. And uh, he invited me to do judo. That's when I first started, and uh, I liked it. You know, it was different. Uh, I thought, you know, me being 210 pounds, being as strong as I was, you know, I can go in here and throw people. And I got thrown by a 13-year-old kid. That's when I learned that this isn't about size. This isn't about weight. This is, you know, all technique. And it humbled me instantly. It humbled me right there. Uh, after that, I did that for about three or four months. And the guy I was training with by the name of Kevin Rayford, he was like, hey, man. One of my guys, Cortez Coleman, is uh, opening up an MMA gym. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, I wouldn't mind learning, but I didn't want to fight or compete. Yeah. And I met Cortez. He came to GNC, where I worked at the time. I had two jobs at the time, working at GNC in Chili's. He was like, man, just come in, just come in, just come in. And I went in there, and it was it was challenging. I, I didn't, I went in there, I was like, this is new. And I've always been up for a new challenge or anything like that. And, I just stuck with it. One day led to another, and next thing you know, I'm doing jujitsu tournaments, and the next thing you know, I'm in the cage fighting. And, That's awesome, you know, man. Yeah, it's, it's stuck with me. So, so have you competed as far as on the MMA side of things at the same weight class the entire time, or have you gone in a couple of different divisions? Uh, my first like two, my first two, I did 185. I walked around when I first started I was 210, and then I started walking around 200 pounds. And uh, I wasn't too familiar with the whole weight cut. Of course, I was into it. So we took a couple at 185, and then everybody got to tell me, they were like, man, you're, you're way too small for an 85er, man. And I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, I really wasn't listening. And then I got to seeing how big 85ers were, that they were cutting down from 210 pounds, 220. I was like, okay, cool. So uh, we took a fight. Uh, I believe it was like in February, maybe, sometime, maybe, I don't know. But we took a fight, and uh, the, the weight was 175. We were going to do a, a we we're going to meet in the middle, 175. It was my first time cutting, so I cut like 15 pounds for that, and it was easy. And uh, that fight didn't end up happening. That's a different story. But then uh, we took one at just 170, and the weight cut went smooth. I ended up weighing 168, so my last two fights, three fights have been at 170. Nice. So is that is that the plan? Pretty much staying at welterweight. Uh, yeah. There's been talk about 55, but I, you know, I've definitely changed my diet and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like I'd be a okay 55er. Uh, but for right now, we're just gonna focus on uh, 70. That makes it pretty tough, too, man. Uh, another 15 pounds makes it, you know, that that 10 probably be fairly easy with that extra five. I'm sure that's where the the death, oh, you know, the yes, death sir. portion of that cut would be. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, we we don't have hard weight cuts here. Uh, you know, we we follow we follow the plan of Cortez Coleman, man. When it comes to weight cutting, you know, what he's talking about we just uh, he's been in the game for so long. He's he's seen it so many times, so he gives us what to do, and we just follow it. And, I don't think a fighter under our camp has ever missed weight. That's awesome, man. You know that that's just I feel like that's uh, a hats off to straight up just discipline and the hard work and dedication, you know what I mean? Like no, 
definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, by, by all means, never easy cutting twenty pounds. Yeah. So do you have uh, you have any sort of crazy weight cut stories or anything like that? Usually, after enough time in the game, everybody has a, has a crazy one. Uh, I feel like my crazy. It's not really crazy to anybody else. When I weighed one, when I was like one sixty eight, I remember I hadn't looked at myself in the mirror at all, and I looked in the mirror and I kind of like freaked out. I had I my. I hadn't seen my face like that in so long. And I was just like, oh, man. And then it hit me. I, you know, I put on my underwear, and I was like, my underwear was kind of hanging off me. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this isn't right, man. This isn't right. And uh, so, I mean, that might not be crazy to a lot of people, but for me, for someone that's only been in this game for two and a half years going on three, you know, that that's absurd. You know, I haven't been 170 and since, like, ninth grade maybe you know right so and i'm used to you know always being kind of bulky you know football being safety but yeah it was it that was the craziest stuff for me if you don't mind me asking you know after you cut down to 70 you know day of what are you usually stepping into the cage at uh probably like back to 190 uh you know hydrating properly uh eating correct uh you know, you kind of put your weight your weight back on. I feel like a lot of people, after they weigh in, they're just like, oh, I got to eat, I got to eat. And they just chow down. And what they don't understand is that next day, you're going to pay for it in the cage, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hydrate and we eat properly after our weigh-ins. Uh, Cortez is always there for us, telling us what to eat, what to get, what not to get. And, you know, so we, we hit the cage back regular weight. And it, it, it really helps. It really does. Oh, no doubt there. You know, that's where, you know, I, I, with talking to a lot of, you know, coworkers, fans, anybody out there who just pretty much, you know, I'll, I'll have a conversation with the wall. Let's, let's be honest with it. You know, I I could talk a lot, but, uh, you know, when they start talking about weight and all of that, you know, I tell them like, you don't understand that when these guys are making weight, you know, you're, you're 170 for all of five, 10 minutes when you're stepping on the scale for the commission. Exactly. Yes, sir. You know, you're you're aiming for that small amount of time, and then it's time to replenish your system. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, that's where that's where it becomes tough. For, you know, that's why the sport's not for everybody. Because, like you said, we're, we're 170 or 168 for five to ten minutes. We we cut all this weight for five to ten minutes. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, then that's where I get a lot of people that then ask, oh, well, so if everybody is blowing up to different weights after, then why do they have weight classes? Well, you know, that's kind of just how it is for a baseline on that, I guess. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't have the best overall answer to that direction. I feel like there's definitely some improvements they can make in the in the side of safety. Oh, definitely. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Uh, yeah, couldn't say any better, man. You know, especially because state by state, it's different based on hydration rules and being able to do IVs and all of that sort of stuff. I almost feel like, you know, to a certain extent that there needs to be some sort of uniform practice. Because, you know, I mean, like say, you know, you, you've been used to fighting in, you know, Oklahoma or in Texas or, you know, in, in that region, regional, you know, circuit at that. So what if then you have to go, you know, you get a big opportunity for, you know, for a call for, you know, an LFA or a Bellator or someone like that. And, you know, they're 
they got to take you to San Jose or something in that respect. Well, California has a completely different set of rules when it comes to hydration and everything. So if your body hasn't been used to that, that's a huge, a huge variable that I feel like is too much to interpret if you haven't had to know what your body does in that state. Yeah. Uh, It gets kind of dangerous then, you know. It gets it gets really dangerous in, in that aspect, man. Because, like you said, different state, different rules. Different state, different rules. Um, and I, I don't know about the whole IV thing. I'm, I've never IV. Uh, I've heard it's I've heard it's great stuff, but I've I've never done it personally. So, gotcha. Yeah, like I say, I've just heard you know stories from different areas. I know that I know for sure in some of the states down in the south, just from talking to guys like uh, Iron Mike Barnett and Justin Osborne and some of the other guys that I've had on the show from like the Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana sort of areas where they fought at, that they're that they've definitely been able to in certain areas. I don't know all the exact states and the you know the individual rules by any means. I just know some of the different ones that are very you know progressive, if you want to call it like California is, kind of following the same principles as like one FC and all of that for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to that stuff, man, it, 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 it gets it gets gritty, man. You gotta go through so much stuff, and that's that's the part of the fight game where. You know, it becomes mental because you go, you do go to different kind of states and fight, and you don't know the rules, so you got to stay mentally prepared for whatever. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta stay prepared for whatever, man. And that's what makes the great fighters—just being ready for whatever, being being able to go the next day, no matter what kind of rules it is. You gotta be ready to go. Definitely, man. Definitely. So I gotta ask you because I ask everybody this question: What is the hardest food for you to give up when you're cutting weight? Uh, pizza. Pizza. Okay. If you pizza. were gonna say sweet potatoes, I was gonna get up and just walk walk out at this point <laughs> because that's what both Daniel and Cortez said. I was like, this must be a fucking Oklahoma thing over here with sweet potatoes. If you said sweet potatoes too. No, no, pizza for sure, man. Pizza. I love pizza, man. Either pizza or fruit snacks. Okay. I, I love fruit snacks. So if anybody's listening to this and y'all just wanna like. Ever send me a care package or just want to be nice? Fruit snacks. Uh, <laughs> fruit snacks is me, man. That's what I love. And when it's time to cut weight, I hate giving that pizza up more than anything. What's your favorite flavor of fruit snack? Man, honestly, I just like the fruit punch Welchers kind. Uh, okay. The little blue bag. Oh, man. I could probably eat those all day. I think when I lived in California, I lived in Palm Springs for a couple years. And uh, one of my teammates... They knew I liked uh, fruit snacks. They went to Costco and bought me a, a big box of yeah, like 80 count. <laughs> no lie. I think I had that whole box going for four days. Jesus, dude. Did you have the worst stomach ache in the world? Oh, man. Oh, talk about the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never eat an 80 count that fast again. I promise. I can only imagine, you know, and I, and I can only just visualize why. Not a not a good picture. No, not at all. Not at all. I learned my lesson the hard way. I still eat fruit snacks, but not that fast. <laughs> so yeah, I learned my lesson. What's your go-to type of pizza? I'm either I like mushroom or supreme. Okay. Mushroom Deep dish or, or thin crust. Say it again. Deep dish or thin crust. Uh, I'm go 
dish. Deep dish, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go deep dish, man. I people judge me the way I like my pizza, and honestly, if anybody wants to try this idea one time, try it. So instead of the marinara sauce, go ahead and get the Alfredo sauce. Okay. Yeah. There are, there are, there's a, so I, just to tell you a little bit about where I live, I live in a, I live in a place called Fort Collins where there's a, I mean, there's probably hundreds of pizza places in the town, you know, it's a college uh-huh. town, so there's a lot of stuff in and out all the time. There, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about, some Alfredo on there, there's a, there's this pizza joint called Crazy Carl's Pizza uh-huh. that it came up when I, it, they just started it up when I was in college way back in the day. And I lived in this apartment complex that was right down the road from it. And so when they were first having their grand opening, they went around to all like the college complexes and they gave a bunch of like coupons and all this sort of stuff for like the initial first few weeks to get people in the door. Such amazing stuff across the board, man. Like the crust is like almost like a garlic bread type of crust. And then you have the chicken with the Alfredo and the cheese with the extra herbs. Oh, man. That sounds like my kind of pizza right there. <laughs> Yo, that that's money right there. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm, that and uh, I've had a new addiction to uh, pho, or some people say pho, whatever it is. I've had an addiction, man. I could eat that stuff all day. So healthy for you. It's hard not to just, just keep on shoveling it in. Yeah, it's like ramen noodles and steroids to me. I love it. But actually healthy. Yeah, no, for sure, exactly. I'm not trying to tell people, but I guess they're just not into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do how do you feel at it? Because I mean, you're pre, you know, pretty small town area out there in I in Oklahoma. Is is it pretty you know conservative or that way in people's approach toward food or like taste, flavor, whatever? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're like you said, we're in a small town, so we just got to basic stuff, you know, uh, basic Sonic McDonald. If you want something, you know, really good, you have to go about an hour and a half to OKC or maybe 45 minutes to Norman. So gotcha. Yeah. You know, you have to just have the basic stuff. So it sucks a little bit. <laughs> you know, variety is definitely, definitely a good thing, but you know, sometimes man, variety is almost uh, it's almost a curse too, because you sit there and you just, you know, banter back and forth for half an hour trying to figure out where exactly it is that you want to go versus only having those couple of choices. You know what I mean? Exactly. And uh, that's why Cortez, man, he always preaches to me and Daniel about cooking our own food, cooking our own food. And somehow pizza or fruit snacks always rolls across my mind. So I throw that out the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. Yeah. So, I, I try to tell them, man, it's just an addiction piece of fruit snacks. I, I can't help it. So I got to ask you this question since you're a pizza guy. Do pineapples go on pizza? No. 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 I No. I, I, I don't know why people do that. Right? <laughs> it's disrespectful to the pizza community, the pizza world, man. I, no. Keep the pineapples off the pizza. <laughs> it's, it's something about a warm pineapple that just doesn't sound good. I could understand, but I mean, have you ever had grilled pineapple? A grilled pineapple? Yeah, like on like shish kebabs or anything like that. I guess I'm missing out on life, man. <laughs> man, now I, I I challenge you to like on you know, like a skewer or something like that. Put that over the grill for a few minutes and just kind of let the outside of that pineapple caramelize. 
Chris, that is a life changer right there. If you like, like, it's almost like a, a nature's fruit snack. All right, all right. Since you put it like that, we'll try it. That that's at least worth trying, but that doesn't mean that you know you uh, that it necessarily goes with all the flavors of pizza either, though. So I can understand splitting the difference. No, yeah, I understand. I, I've, I've tried it, and I just I, I I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> That's understandable, man. So real quick, I want to throw a shout-out to a couple of people out there. I want to throw a quick shout-out to Martin the Spartan Day, fighting out of Hawaii. So definitely shout-out to you, my man. Just got the shirt in. Appreciate it. Absolutely love it. Red is my color for sure. want to throw a shout-out to Jordan to Tony, Tapper Nap. Make sure that you guys follow him online, as well as Yusuf the Moroccan Devils of Law. Be on the lookout for some big things coming up from Yusuf. And then I also want to throw a... Oh, yeah. Shout out to Factory X as well. Big time. Coach Montoya down there always doing big things. Chris Camozzi, too, as well. Has a fight with Glory coming up in uh, in August. So Glory's coming to Denver. All you fight fans in Colorado, you better get your tickets soon for that Glory kickboxing event. It's definitely not going to be something that you're going to want to miss. And then I also want to throw a shout out to, uh, to my partners over there at Lion League Music. They're doing a lot of great things with uh, with Colorado artists that are up and coming. So make sure that you give uh, give some love to everybody across the board. And of course, shout out to the Turp House for the best in CBD out there. Got Terps? We sure do. <laughs> yes, sir. Always, man. Huge shout out uh, to everybody that supports me. All my sponsors, Turp House once again. Uh, everybody, man, from everybody in the gym to my family. Uh, it means a lot, man. Uh, this this journey isn't easy, and I try to tell people, man, the support of the fans keep us going. Uh, it does. So, shout out to everybody that bought tickets, that bought my fight shirt, uh, that continues to to follow me, man, as I, as, I, as I approach this. It hasn't been easy, but it's been good so far. That's awesome, man. You know, we're, you have you have our support here, one hundred percent, man. So we're definitely looking forward to yeah. keeping up on uh, on your career and how you progress through uh, through all of that, man. So only looking for bigger and better things coming. Oh yeah, definitely, man. And everybody that's listening that hears this, uh, my teammate goes to war July thirteenth, man. Shout out to Daniel Scary Carey, my main training partner. Uh, I watch his I watch him grind. Every day, man, he puts in so much work. So you gotta, you'll get, you guys will get to see how much work he, he puts in for this fight. I promise you, it's gonna be a treat. July thirteenth, Bellator, two o two, I believe. Two o two, yes, sir. Two o two, man. So go ahead and treat yourself. Grab tickets, phone, man. Uh, hit him up. Hey, man, up and coming star. I promise. I promise. Absolutely, and you know, I know it's uh, up in the air how it's going to finally, ultimately shuffle out just based off what I was talking to Daniel the other night. There is a chance that he may get bumped to the TV portion, so keep your eyes peeled for the Paramount Network uh, for the card in general. You're not going to want to miss it. going to be great fights. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we want to get this on TV no matter what. <laughs> so. Absolutely. You know, trying to do everything we can to get the message out there. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Thank you for having me, man. Shout out to you for having me, man. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Always, uh, you know, always love being able to help support the network that we're just continuing to build with each other. You know, I feel like there's no reason why we can't help each other in as many ways as we can. Exactly. Yes, sir. I agree. So quick couple questions for you as far as the, the fight game and your preferences, if you don't mind. What is your preferred style? Like, you know, if you had to say, you know what, this is my bread and butter. What is your bread and butter? 
we train here at Conquer, we train for everything. And that means we can take a boxing match, we can compete jiu-jitsu. So to answer your question is, I like I, I try to be versatile. Okay. Uh, you know, every fight starts standing, so you gotta you gotta throw something to set up something, whether it's a, a head kick or a takedown to get to the ground. Uh, you gotta you, you you gotta throw something. So I like to strike a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to get get dirty in the ground either. I, you know, hey, it's nothing. I, I love it. So you want to take me down and. You can get down down there. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the dirty work at all. But I'm also not afraid of uh, keeping my chin down, keeping my hands up and going forward, pushing forward. So I You're, try to be versatile. Hey, man, that's not a, not a bad place to be. You know, I always talk to the, you know, the guys at Factory X, and they say, you know, they pride themselves on being complete martial artists. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, we try to follow – we definitely follow the same thing. Uh, with Cortez having such a great relationship with all them guys, Mark Montoya, uh, we definitely follow the same measurement as them guys. Definitely, man. So, you know, if you had to call your ideal finish, is it knockout or is it submission? Submission. I want. I would want to submit somebody with a go-go plotter or a home plotter. That would definitely be a rarity for that, MMA, yeah, but that that, that would be awesome. That would be, I think everybody goes to fights looking for a knockout. Everybody goes to fights, oh man, knock him out, head kick him. But only true martial arts and true jiu-jitsu guys will appreciate seeing someone get a Oma Plata or a Go-Go Plata. Yep. Something like that. Uh, that's, 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 my, that's one of my dream finishes. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel like I that's pretty know, cool, man. I can hope, right? <laughs> I, that that's a unique way. I, I wouldn't have thought something. You know, I wouldn't have thought that you would have thrown out that exact uh, that exact submission for it. You know, that's that's pr- pretty cool perspective to it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I try, I try to be different. I, well, I like to think I'm different. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been something like that has been done so few times. That's why the few that it or the only couple of times that it has are so memorable. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So I want to add on to that. You know, maybe we'll. Get to see it on TV or Sports Center Top Ten or something. <laughs> I feel like as the jujitsu wave kind of continues to pick up momentum, we might see a little bit more of some of these. You know, not I don't want to necessarily say rare, but rare for MMA type mm-hmm. of submissions because you know in a, in your jujitsu tournaments and comps, those aren't the rarest things in the world for those to happen just there. But, I mean, you know, stuff like ten-finger guillotines to bow and arrows to, you know, I mean, if the tw- if the rare twister ever comes about, stuff like that, I, you're starting to see a little bit more and more. Like, you know, I saw from some of the – it wasn't this last weekend, but I can't remember which fight it was that there was somebody who finished with a ten-finger guillotine. Like, you don't see that too often. Oh, no, no, you don't see that too often. Neither do you see people finishing Ezekiel choke from bottom. True. But wasn't uh, isn't there like a Russian or um, he's, he's somewhere from over there that has a few of them right now? I can't remember who what car. Uh, he's yeah, there's a guy in the UFC that has two of them. Yeah, exactly. Big boy, right? Yeah, guy guy mounted him. And he got it. Uh, the last one I didn't see. I heard about it. The last one I heard, he got the Ezekiel fell like he knew he had it, so he fell on his back with it. But that's still like hard to do. I don't think people understand it. With four ounce gloves and you're getting hit, submissions are kind of hard to 
to get, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you get to a high level. You got guys that have good striking that hit hard, man, and to get submissions, you know, like Showtime did the other night. That's that's awesome. Yep. That's not that's not easy. No. So I I buy stuff like that. You know, maybe uh, I've also thought about like a Imanari role to the Ashi to Hill Hook, maybe. It's like some fucking Tony Ferguson type of shit. Yeah, I feel like Cortez would literally jump in the cage and punch me if I went for an even hard roll in the fight. (laughs) I think he would finish the fight. (laughs) If you didn't land the finish, he would finish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he would be so upset. (laughs) But the thing is, is if you tried it, if you were ballsy enough to try it and it actually hit, that's a fucking highlight reel finish right there. Yeah, but... If I do that, I better, I better finish. <laughs> oh yeah, because if you miss, then you're, you're in a very bad position. Oh man, it's gonna be a bad few years for me. <laughs> yeah, very, very vulnerable at that point. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. So you know, I mean, what do you think of some of the guys from the jujitsu side of things that have kind of started to break their way into MMA that have had some decent success, like Dylan Dennis or uh, or like Gary Tonin or some of those guys? Uh, I actually watched Gary Tonin's fight, and I, I was really impressed. I mean, he didn't have bad striking, especially for a guy that's never had an MMA fight, and I feel like for jujitsu guys, man, uh, it's all fun and games so you're getting hammer face with four ounce gloves. You know, you have somebody in your guard, you're thinking, oh, la, 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 I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but, oh, now you're getting hit with a four ounce glove. And that changes the whole perspective of everything. So it's much respect to those guys that are getting in there and, you know, going out of their comfort zone, man. You know, these guys are used to maybe pulling guard or butt scooting towards somebody and mm-hmm. going from there. Now you got to stand up. Now you got to use your hands. Right. You know, so uh, shout out to them guys, man. Much, much mad respect. What do you think about something like Eddie Bravo's combat jujitsu? Man, I want to do it. I think that's great. Uh, the whole EBI thing, I think it's brilliant, and I think it's going to take over really, really soon. Hell yeah, man! And like I said, I think I can... that that gives it a more realistic look. Yeah, and hopefully, I hopefully I can do one of them. Hell yeah, man. That'd be so uh, I sick. Love, I would love to be one of those, you know, and get to meet Eddie Bravo. So. Can't really beat it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, arguably one of the greatest practitioners of this era. Oh, you know? uh, man. He's, man, like I said, I've only been doing this for about two and a half, and I, I, I look up new stuff every day, and every time I turn around, I somehow get sucked in watching Eddie Bravo every time. Yep. Something to Eddie Bravo. So, yeah, he's, he's a big face of the jiu-jitsu world. Definitely, man. So, you know, as I kind of start to uh, start to transition out of this, is there anything that you want to, you know, get off your chest, share with the world, anything like that before we start to wrap this up here? Uh, oh, man, just uh, once again, thank you to everybody, all my sponsors, and uh, hopefully we'll have fight news soon. I have a whole bunch of teammates. Uh, Daniel's fighting soon. Then I have a whole bunch of teammates uh, getting ready for Worlds. So I'll be helping them prepare for that. And uh, after that, hopefully we can get some fight news going for me. Yeah. Well, anything, that's, that's about it, man. 
Hell yeah, man. So make sure that you guys check out Chris Barina online at KVZO, correct? Yes, sir. My Instagram, KVZO, and uh, my Facebook, Chris <laughs> Barina. That's what K-R-I-S-B-E-R-E-E-N. I have to overemphasize the K-R-I-S because people think it's so awkward that I spell Chris with a K. <laughs> totally understandable for you, man. So uh, this is comments from the peanut gallery. Make sure that you check us out online, www.cftpg.com to shop for official comments from the peanut gallery merchandise. Pick up your summer tanks, t-shirts, baseball shirts. Got kids tees on there too for you guys out there with little ones. Want to throw a shout out once again to Lion League Music as well as the Turp House. So thank you all out there for following and listening. You can look us up on Instagram at comments from the peanut gallery. Follow us on Twitter at peanut podcast and look us up on Facebook at peanut sports. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. Once again, like I say, I want to say thank you very much to Chris Vereen out of Concord BJJ down there in Ada, Oklahoma. Definitely looking forward to, uh, to everything that's coming up on the horizon for you, man. Got a bright future. Yes, sir. So thanks for having me, man. Shout out to Daniel Scary Carey. Gonna light that bitch on fire on Friday the 13th. Hey, let's go. Getting that done. Alrighty, so you guys are gonna hear on the outro, Alan Iverson from Lion League Music. Shout out to Tino the Smooth Spastic or Dr. Spastic, as well as Joey Suave and J-Man the King. Have a great I'm night. I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Look, not I a game. savages. Hometown Mac and shit. We duck in the 12s, we in the lack and shit. Roll this weed up, baby girl, we got a pack and shit. Moving on to better things. I told y'all before I was trying to get the range, but it's strange that the states won't tempt me. Plus, the candy paint got the girls on friendly. This a Louis bag, baby, please don't tempt me. Now, this ain't a Bentley, but how about we hit the keys tomorrow? Skin on fleek, so the trees will guard them. From the sun, baby girl, I'm the one, baby girl. When you with me, you ain't gotta bring your funds, baby girl I'm a sultan, but still seeking the knowledge uh, So we ain't gonna blow money, we gon' deposit uh, We can't let these white people get all the profit uh, I prophesy about profit, I'm like a profit, nigga I'm AI in the fourth, you can't guard them My life a movie, my nigga, I'm just recording I'm at the opera, you tryna get in the Oscars You niggas Oscar, most of you niggas been in the garbage I'm just the A1 nigga, so hold your comments What's in your heart, little homie, not in your pockets That's why these hood rich niggas still in the projects uh, Is that too much for you, nigga? Let's change the topic Look, she hit me on the Insta chat Had a nigga like, damn, where the sensor at? Burn a nigga with the heat if he fin to act Beast in the east, don't get your wig pushed back Man, I look, I hate like that. I, it's funny to me too. That's real, right? Yeah, I mean, it's strange. It's strange to me too. But we talking about practice. Right, hit like La Jolla. Should've went to Georgetown with it. Rookie AI on Jordan with the finish. Yo, nigga, make a major play is what I'm saying. But can't fade the game. Just gotta take it to the ship. All the way to the peak, go fleece. I know a little something about Greece. Seen things like the other side of the globe. It's south of the borders, you can go That's why my rap's so political Maybe I should go and get a job at Politico Analyze video of cops getting criminal But God bless with the style so lyrical Flow magnificent, sounds so spiritual Got the juice, you looking right and miss to me Might spit it at my phone but won't do me Heard they got caught up, but not how I got rushed But that's what happened on the other side of rhyme Niggas under pressure doing crime Got niggas darting for the nine As soon as niggas cross the line Black suits for the service 
trying to dodge it on purpose Tired of seeing all your homies in hearses Hate a nigga hit you up for it, don't purchase Hate it when she calling for the raw when I'm working Ain't in my future, watching this circus Real in the jungle, they been scared in the churches I got the code, Da Vinci on spokes Ride slow, that's candy on snow Eyes closed, old school getting blow Here for the dough, just thought you niggas should know Hey, hey, ref, let me holler at you real quick, let me holler at you, come on over, come on over, let me holler at you real quick, player.